Warning. The following contains massive spoilers for the designated series. Listener discretion is advised. You're listening to the Television Archive. The show where we, the television-loving hordes of the internet, take a deep dive into what used to be in our beloved medium. My name is Thomas Michael Clark, and this is Fringe. Today we will be discussing Season 2, Episode 8, titled August. Talking about this one a month late, but whatever. (laughs) Oh man, how great would it have been if we talked about August in August. That would have been great. That would have been amazing. That would have been perfect. But instead, we're talking about it on literally the last day of September. (laughs) Oops. Uh, man. This is a big one. Oh, boy, this is a big one. I've been waiting to talk about this episode for quite a while. So, we finally, after... So much time of them being a question mark. After so much time of this just being a giant question mark that we knew literally no details on. We finally learn more about the Observers. And I say Observers because we get the reveal right at the beginning of this episode that there is more than one. There is actually, like, a whole bunch of observers all walking among us, all going nuts and just looking at stuff, just observing everything. And we get, like, to see that weird language that gets jotted down in that book that is, like, impossible to decipher. We see... The one observer, August, like, catching bullets, like, super fast. Uh, We find out that they're time travelers and have been around for thousands of years just watching important moments in human history. Uh, Historical, scientific, all of that. Uh, We get the great moment where Brendan Freight reveals that, like... These were these sightings were rare, and then they've just sped up exponentially over the last few years since the pattern started, which begs the question, what the hell's about to happen? Like, why now? Like, we learn a lot about the observers. We get a lot more details in this episode of who and what the observers actually are. And yet we're left with so many questions as well. This this is what's so good about Fringe. They're so good at answering, at giving us a million answers and a million and one new questions in the same episode. Like, they, they are so good at that. They are so, so freaking fantastic at doing that and handle that so cleverly. But we get all that new information... About the observers, all packed around like a really damn compelling story uh, with this woman who August kidnaps. 
And we're trying to find this woman, trying to find this woman, trying to find this woman. We're asking the question, like, okay, why interfere now? What makes her so special? Uh, Why is he taking this woman at this point? Uh, What is happening here? Uh, We find out, uh, we actually go to this woman's apartment, and we hear a sob story about her parents dying in a car accident during an earthquake. And we see, like, the last picture this woman took as a little girl with her parents. And we see this same observer. We see August, like, in the background of the picture. So August has been watching this chick for basically her entire life. And we're trying to figure out why, 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 why. And then we find out that this woman was supposed to die in a plane crash that day. This woman was supposed to be on a flight that got into a wreck that crashed mid-transit and everyone died there. She was supposed to die and August saved her life. But... We are again left with the question of why? Why does August want to save this woman? Why does why is this woman so important? And we see these meetings with the other observers where the observers like he's created an irregularity, we must correct it. And they send like a freaking assassin after this woman, this like Donald fellow with this like with, with all those, like, weird sci-fi weaponry uh, that both the Observers and this dude have. Like, it's just... Why? 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 Uh, August keeps insisting this woman's important, but he can't really say why. He's not really sure why. And it's just... Again, it continues to be this giant question mark. And as we get closer and closer and closer, the more of an enigma this becomes. By the way, I really, really love this subplot where there's what we assume is blood on the notebook that was recovered. And they take a sample and the results come back and it's actually chili pepper sauce. And it's actually sauce from a very specific chili pepper. Only a few places in Boston have uh, uh, have imported that p- specific chili pepper. There's only one that went to a private citizen. So we go there and we get this convergence of the Fringe team and this hitman at what appears to be August's apartment. We get this big clash between the two of them that's very, very... Well handled, but aside from that clash, we don't really know much. Uh, This hitman found information about the motel that August is keeping this woman, so that confrontation's inevitable. But other than that, we don't really gain anything except a news article from 1884, apparently. And then the questions just mount Further and further and further and further, when Walter, having successfully gotten Astrid out of the lab, sneaks away and goes on a meeting with August. 
And there's so much about this meeting that's so interesting. Because the way Walter starts this meeting off is by saying, Please don't take my son. I know what I did was wrong, but... Me and your colleague had a deal. And August is looking at this dude and just saying, like, no, this isn't about that. This isn't about that at all. In any way. I I, I will remind you of a few things. First off, in this meeting with observers, when August is like, hey, we've interfered before... And our guy, the observer we initially uh, started talking to, was like, only to correct uh, a mistake we've made. Hmm. Remember, uh, the observer, the first observer, saved Peter and Walter uh, when they were drowning. So that's a thing. That happened. Also, um, the I know what I did was wrong. Remember, uh, there was a literal gravestone for Peter Bishop at the end of season one. Just, just want to remind you of that. Just want to remind you. Just saying. Anyway, so. This meeting starts off with that weirdness of like, please don't take my son. And then we just get into this whole thing of, like, August is like, hey, I need your help. The woman, I, I'm saving her. I'm trying to save her. She's not safe, though. They're going to keep coming after her. If we run, they'll find us. If I stop the assassin, they'll send another. It'll never stop. What do I do? And Walter provides the advice, like, well... If you can't convince the others that she's important, you have to make her important. Find a way to convince them. And whatever you do, you have to be prepared to face the consequences. Oh my god, there's so there's so much about this conversation. There's so much about this scene. So many little nuances in the writing that I so desperately want to talk about. But they all rely on spoiling a massive, massive twist that comes not too far off in the future. So I gotta hold my tongue. I gotta hold my tongue for like a week and a half, maybe two weeks, uh, I think, is the time frame on when that twist happens. But like, just when you know certain things that happen... Fringe is a show that demands a second viewing. I'm just going to say that. You'd think it'd be a simple one viewing is enough. Like, you need to view it twice to catch all the nuances that you get with, like, certain things that happen early on that sort of foreshadow things that occur later on in the show. It's just like, oh, this show's so good. This show's so good. And there's so many nuances in that conversation that just heighten it so much. It takes on such a different meaning when certain other things happen down the line. It's just like, oh, 
Yeah, I gotta hold my tongue. I gotta hold my tongue. Uh, by the way, I should mention every scene with August and this woman in the motel room, as she's as he's slowly convincing her, "Hey, I'm trying to save you. Hey, I'm trying to save you," and they form like this weird connection. It's all great. All of it is amazing. But we get this confrontation at the motel. August preps for someone to show up. We find out later that a tip that goes to the FBI came from the motel phone and was called in by him. We find that out later. Assassin shows up. August is ready for him. Tip get called into the FBI. Olivia and Peter are going over there. And we get this big, epic three-way showdown that is so good. So so good. It is such a great climax to this episode. I love all of it. And basically, the TLDR of this showdown is this hitman in a standoff with August. August raises his weapon against him. And this hitman, Donald, kills August. Murders him. Right there. August is on the ground. And this hitman tries to get away. Olivia makes chase. And Peter takes August's sci-fi gun, goes after him, and is able to take him out. So this assassin's gone. Everything's all good. We save this woman. And then August is in this car doing whatever the hell the Observer equivalent of bleeding out is uh, with the first Observer and saying, like, is she safe? Is she safe? Is she safe? And our guy, our first Observer, is like, hey, seriously, dude, why do you want to protect her? What makes her so special? And August then goes on this monologue saying, like, I I don't know. I, I saw her... As a child, I saw her when her parents died, and she crossed my mind and never left, and I had to save her. And he finally admits the real reason. I think it's what they call feelings. I think I love her. So all of this, and it's fair to say, like... We've seen enough of the observers to know that emotion's not their strong suit. So, somehow this one observer caught emotions. Somehow this one observer fell in love with this woman and needed to save her. Had this primal need to save her. Which is why he broke whatever rules are in place for the observers of observing history. Not interfering, broke that... To save this woman's life. And that's why she. That's why he fought so hard for her. And then he repeats his question. Is she safe? And the observer is just like. Yes. She is responsible. For the death of one of us. You made her important. And that is when. August dies. So. By. Letting himself be killed. 
he allowed this woman to be safe. Because to to kill her would make her, like, just... <sighs> she can't die now. For whatever reason, the observers respect <laughs> the... She's responsible for the death of one of us. Therefore, she must live. Therefore, she gets a pass now because I guess, like, the thinking of the observers was she had to die in this moment or else consequences, consequences, consequences. But those consequences resulted in the death of August. So she now, August basically gave her a purpose to fulfill. And so, her anachronistic nature in the timeline has now resolved itself because she now had a reason to live. To be responsible for the death of August. It's really cool and poetic and brilliant and so, so great and mind-blowing and just, oh, I love this show! I love this show so much! It's so good! (laughs) And... Uh, Peter and Walter are questioning this woman, like, giving her her little whatever, whatever, debrief, whatever. And Walter's like, hey, August told me to give you this. And she pull- and he pulls out her teddy bear from when she was a kid uh, that her father won for her while uh, he was playing skee-ball. And she was holding on to during the crash when her parents died. And, of course, Peter's annoyed because Walter again went off on a meeting with an observer without telling him, and Walter's like, hey, look, it's it's fine. We'll get the answers you want. Like, we'll get the answers. So Peter, throughout the entire time, is obsessed with, like, these people know what is happening with the William Bell thing and the other universe thing and all of that. Like, this guy can tell us everything we want to know. These observers can tell us everything we want to know. And he's, like, on the warpath. And Walter's like, hey, don't worry. We'll get our answers. And then Olivia does what she was denied at the very, very beginning of the episode and goes to the amusement park with Ella. They have a nice day at the amusement park. And... We get this great ending where they're on a roller coaster and two observers are watching, including our first guy. And one of them's like, she's so happy. It's a shame things are about to get so hard for her. Okay. Okay. There's that. There's an ominous little warning for the viewer. Um. Yeah. Yeah. This. God, this was a huge episode. This. This was a massively, massively pivotal episode. On a level that I can't really fully describe without spoiling all the things. <laughs> Like, this was huge. This was a huge evolution of the Observers, a huge evolution of the Fringe Mythos, and uh, has implications for basically the entire show going forward. I don't think it's an exaggeration to say that. But yeah.
there is that. Solid episode all around. Uh, if you like this, favorite the podcast, anchor.fm slash TV archives, so you can be here every single Monday to Friday as we go through every single episode of this and other shows. And you can find it on pretty much whatever podcatcher app you prefer. Feel free to call in as well. It's simple as just push a button on the Anchor app. I'll play those on the show from time to time if you feel so inclined to send those in. Follow me on Twitter and Instagram, TomTom4468, and support the show. Patreon.com slash Thomas Clark. Pledge just a dollar a month. I appreciate everything I get through there. If you become a patron, you can also get access to the Television Archive Supplemental, which I'll be putting up there once every month. Or, if that's not work for you, you can also support the show directly via Anchor. I appreciate that as well. Tomorrow we will be discussing Season 2, Episode 9. Talk to you then.